Welcome to Mouse Geek Radio, where your hosts from two coasts, Mallory and Scott, embrace their inner mouse geekdom with you. Welcome to episode 9 of Mouse Geek Radio for the week of September 25th, 2017. I am your host, Scott Barrett, here with my co-host, Mallory O'Brien. Mallory, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling a little bit better than I was. I think it's funny that both of us are sort of under the weather (laughs) during this recording, because when school's back, that means our babies bring fun viruses home to share with us because they love us so much. (laughs) Yeah, and they're different every year. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting new viruses. So apologize to the listeners for my little bit uh, raspy voice, but we'll make it. We'll make it through. So so today we're going to talk about uh, living the Disney home life. Uh, how the heck do we keep our magic going in between trips? Uh, it's a hard thing to do sometimes. It definitely is difficult to have that magic at home, especially during these times when you have viruses and you're looking on social media at people who are healthy and living the dream of the Disney parks and right. you are sick and you are not at the Disney parks. <laughs> right. And you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> Especially now because like everything Halloween everywhere is starting to go up and people are talking, you know, pictures of treats and, you know, popcorn buckets and costumes. And you're like sitting at home miserable with, you know, a runny nose and a scratchy throat and no energy. You know, I, yeah. That is just a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, for me especially, we got trips maybe once a year. You know, sometimes everyone's every year and a half and so for us it, it's a pretty big void and uh you know we do lots of things to uh to sort of sort of fill you know fill our life with disney and the things that make us happy and uh you know i guess i'll just jump right in you know one, yes. of, the, one of the things that i do personally uh is i listen to a lot of disney music i listen to a lot of soundtracks on youtube i have a lot of playlists and i do this almost daily when i'm at work writing uh, writing software and it's a great thing to have in my in my headphones. It keeps me upbeat. You know, you get a parade going. You start stomping your feet. You feel happy. You, you start to f- smell things. You feel like you're, you know, you're there at the park. I think that's an excellent tip, especially that in-park music, because a lot of it doesn't have dialogue. So it's great to have as background music when you're working. Um, and like you said, it's upbeat. It puts you in just a really good mental space. Anyway, I mean, even if you if you're not a huge Disney fan, it's great music to listen to. It really is. There's there's so many. You mentioned in park music. You know, aside from the parades, you're right. I mean, there's the, you know, the the, the soundtracks that are that are playing in each land. Just sort of the the instrumental stuff. There's so much instrumental Disney music to listen to from the past and the present uh, that you know you could fill up days days worth of listening time uh, just to get through it all. And I love that we can find background music in some of the newer parks. 
like Shanghai and Tokyo have different background loops and they were specifically written for those parks and I really enjoy finding some of those because some of those are really good. They are and they're things that you know you don't hear on a daily basis or you don't hear at all because we just don't take trips there uh, which is great. Yeah, it's doubtful that I'll ever get to go out there. It makes me sad. Someday. I mean, I'll make it happen. I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like I have to make it happen. And but for now, I'll just have to listen to that music on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> so one of the ways that I help fill the void is just to plan another trip. I mean, <laughs> 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 obviously, and to me, it could be years down the road, and you know, maybe. Maybe I know that I'm not going to get down there for, you know, two or three years. If I have it on my calendar and I know it's happening, it helps me chill. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing that I have something to look forward to, even if I'm saying, you know, I'm going to go in winter 2019, put it on the calendar. I can start planning for it. I start doing restaurant research. I start looking at the events that might happen then, maybe the new attractions that will be open at that point in time. And I just, I start getting pumped about it. Even if it's way far in the future, that still helps me know that I have something to look forward to. Uh, that's a really good idea. That's something I, I haven't done a lot of, and maybe I should. Um, oh, you definitely should. Yeah. You got to have one in the queue at all times. It's a rule. That's, that's, that's a great idea. You know, one of the things that, that, I like at home having the older kids, especially on the last trip that we took over the summer, uh, they, they're getting really involved in the trip planning. They sat down and went through the restaurants with me and trying to figure out how to handle reservations, which day to hit which park, the most optimal way to hit the parks, you know, and this and that. And, uh, you know, I mean, that took up weeks of time and it was fun, really it fun. It is so much fun. That would be so cool to do with your children. And you get you get out the markers, you color code things if that's your thing, which it is my thing. Um, <laughs> um, but if, if you have children who are planners by nature, um, it, it's really cool to have like a visual chart or something that you can do. You know, a little a little brainstorming idea board or something. Make it make it fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a great great idea. Uh, another thing for us, uh, again, back to the kids, and I'm sure your library is growing, but we have a huge library of Disney movie, movies, and we tend to watch probably one a week. One a week? Yeah, we have we have a, a long-standing tradition in my house with, with the kids where we have family movie night where, you know, probably we do it three times a week, and we rotate between me, my children, and my wife, and that night, someone is responsible for choosing a movie and choosing dinner and usually making dinner for the family. And so, um, I, I can oh my guarantee gosh, I, I want to come to your house. It, it's great. It, you know, because we're so busy with soccer practices and late night doing school projects or me working late, you know, it forces us to have some family time, which is awesome. And, uh, I can guarantee you, um, almost once a week, we are watching some Disney movie, whether it's watching Moana, whether it's watching some, classic like you know fred mcmurray film or kurt russell film you know with medfield high or it's watching you know something current uh we we love sort of the disney franchise of films and so we've got a huge stack of dvds we've got obviously now netflix and amazon prime to stream videos or we'll find something in a rental and uh yeah it's it's sort of it, 
I don't know. It's got that feeling, right? It's got that that feeling that it, that you get when you're at the parks when you watch some of these films. It's a it's a lighthearted feeling. It's a I feel good about myself feeling. It's could be an emotional roller coaster type feeling, but it it definitely is. Uh, it takes you out of the mundane of everyday life. I think that's an excellent tip. And tell me, what are some of your more recent? films that you all have watched because now i got to know moana's the big one i mean that's it's a good one right we've probably watched that a a few times it's my youngest daughter's i think favorite film right now we've gone through the pixar library a few times uh cars is a huge one in our house uh finding oh that's a great one finding dory we really liked finding dory it's so good it was so cute we watched that one in the theaters and could not wait to see that one again on on video when it came out um you know, all of those films. We've even done things like just, you know, we've got a DVD of all of the uh, Pixar animated shorts. And we've just sat down and, and watched all of those through a couple of times. Oh, those are great as well. I um, Piggybacking on what you're saying, any attractions that were based on a film are, are fun to actually watch the film. Like to get pumped for your trip to one of the Disney parks. It is. That's a good point. It really is. And, you know sort of going with that one of the films we recently watched over again was you know Pirates of the Caribbean uh, for the simple fact we wanted to see the last one and my kids haven't seen a few of them so we sort of did a marathon over over a few week period and um, you know you watch the first one especially you get you find little easter eggs right easter eggs that you see in the attraction then you start talking about the ride you start talking about the movie and all of a sudden you're pausing moments or you're rewinding and saying oh I recognize that music or hey look at that little thing over there I recognize that from the ride you know it's it kind of brings it all together oh that's really cool we uh definitely had some films in our queue before our disneyland trip like my daughter had never seen cars before and i knew we were going to go experience cars land and i needed her to recognize some of those things so that's a great point (laughs) so yeah i shoved cars down her throat (laughs) uh (laughs) being the good parent that i am and uh, But it was worth it because when we showed up and she saw the Cozy Cone Motel, she saw Radiator Springs, she was able to recognize some of the characters. It helped make it more exciting for her. Sure. Another thing that I love that is a tradition in our family, we always watch The Legends of Sleepy Hollow around um, Halloween time. And we always watch The Nightmare Before Christmas Blu-ray, which has... A, an attraction ride through of Haunted Mansion Holiday as one of the extras on the Blu-ray. Did you do you have this? I have the I have the DVD uh, or the Blu-ray. I had no idea it had that. Uh, I haven't watched yes. the extras. I had no idea. It has a full ride through with narration, and it is incredible. That's awesome. And that yeah, that's one of the ones I do. And you know, I sit home being jealous of people that get to experience it that year, but. I, I get to experience it in the comfort of my living room. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering what the uh, the gingerbread house is going to look like that year. Exactly. Yeah. And trying to imagine the smell. Oh, that smell. That, uh, I, that's the, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode. That's one of my favorite rides, period, is the, 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 uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. Absolutely love it. Definitely. All right. Another thing that I love to do. They don't distribute the actual planning DVDs anymore. I think they stopped that a few years ago. We still have some, but you can also look at Walt Disney World and Disneyland vacation planning videos online. They have content available streaming. And then, of course, I have a lot of old planning DVDs 
when they used to let you order those um, and have them delivered to your home for free. And those were that was were super fun. I still bust those out. I still bust out all of our um, undiscovered Disney parks and our modern marvels that we have <laughs> on DVD. I love watching those specials that were you know that were on the History Channel, and sometimes they come on TV a lot. I still hunt for those, even though we own all of them. I still hunt for those just to watch them if they show up on the Travel Channel because it just gets me so excited to see the behind the scenes of the parks and the inner workings when they show the Utilidors and the DAX, the control system that they have underneath Magic Kingdom. That just gets me really excited and it just, you know, makes me miss home. (laughs) I think that's a great point, watching videos at home um, that are related to the parks. You know, you mentioned the, the planning DVDs. You know, I've watched those a few times. For me, I've got, you know, an imagination, Imagineering DVD that I watch and an old sort of one of those uh, DVDs that came in the tins that showed behind the scenes of the original construction of Disneyland and has all the time-lapse videos of the construction of the park. And we'll put those on every now and again. Now the kids are older. Before, you know, we were, we were hesitant, obviously. We didn't want to spoil things for them. They believed in certain things. But now, you know, they're past that. And so we, we watch those together. Those are a lot of fun. And then, you know, just getting online and watching, you know, videos on YouTube and in places like Martin's Vids where you can watch, you know, current attractions and past attractions and, you know, just experience, you know, turn the lights down and experience them, you know, from your home. Oh, praise for Martin's Vids. For any any of the listeners who do not, are not familiar with him, he has the most incredible collection of on-ride videos and of old attraction videos. So if you, if you miss anything... That is gone. It's it's on the internet, yeah. and he has collected it, and I appreciate it very much. He has, and they're all like high definition, well shot. Uh, just yeah, I mean, it's if you listen to any podcast or read blogs about Disney and they point to videos, it's usually to his site. He's sort of the de facto uh, site of these videos, and yeah, I mean, you know, I'll visit him once a week just to watch something or I'll hear something and go, oh yeah, I want to see what that was like, or oh, I don't remember quite what that was like, and. You go there, there it is, you watch it, and you experience the attraction. It's awesome. I, I, I have no recollection of Horizons when I was young. I know I wrote it, but I don't remember it. Sure. So I like to watch his videos to pretend like I remember it, even though I don't. <laughs> create, create those false memories. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love it create this my alternate memory that didn't exist (laughs) that's awesome but yeah i mean yeah you know online there's so many resources now uh, to watch these things that you know there's just there's so much out there so much content out there and we also utilize youtube a lot when we're trying to gauge whether something might scare my daughter before we go on a trip she's still she's kind of at an age where she is able to sort of be scared by some things now beforehand she couldn't really logic her way into being scared mm-hmm. <laughs> but and but now she's understanding when certain things are supposed to be quote scary and she'll tell me mm, that's too scary or that's spooky and and then i'll know whether or not we should take her on that attraction or if i think you know maybe i need to prep her for this certain attraction I will show her a quick video of it online and and then it helps me be able to gauge exactly whether that's something that would be appropriate for her or not. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because it, it, it made me remember my kids 
over the last spring before our trip. During the springtime, they were up on YouTube. They had it up on the TV. And they would watch ride-throughs of attractions they either didn't remember or wanted to remember again or see if they would be scared of. Um, and, th- yeah, that was a big thing they, that they did. And I had no idea that, you know, I didn't even thought of that. Oh, that's so good that they they put that together themselves. They just figured it out. I guess they were browsing YouTube one day and they saw some rides at Universal, for example, because we, we went there for a couple of days and they wanted to see what the Jurassic Park ride was. That was like the big one that they were talking about. And it just kind of went from there. They watched the Jurassic Park ride and then they moved over to Disney World and kind of went through all the different parks. I can remember like each night they're in a different park just watching and doing sort of these point of view attraction rides. It was great. Oh, we definitely do that depending on holidays as well. When we hit any sort of uh, American-themed holiday, we, my husband and I, will will pull up the iPad and we'll watch American Adventure, and then maybe the next night we'll watch the Hall of Presidents. I know we're nerds, you know. Disclaimer: This whole episode is just a bunch of nerdy stuff, by the way, yeah. listeners. <laughs> you know, this is all embarrassing stuff, but you know, we're we're all in this together. We watch attraction videos based on whatever holiday or time of year it is, and. And that's just an exciting and happy time. And that's really cool that your daughters were able to kind of do their own research about whether or not they think they would enjoy it or something would make them scared or something would make them sick. I personally have to do that. I had to do that with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. I was like, I'm going to watch the YouTube video, kind of see how long the drop sequence is. If it's much longer than Tower of Terror, I definitely can't do it. And it was. It was like twice as long. (laughs) And the video made me sick just watching the video. And I was so sad. That's funny. I I got sick watching Forbidden Journey, the Harry Potter attraction. I got sick watching that on YouTube. So I knew it made me sick. And it did. But, I mean, I knew it at least. (laughs) I knew where to close my eyes. Exactly. (laughs) So that worked out. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned holidays, and in our house, holidays is another big piece of sort of the puzzle of keeping sort of the magic in our house going throughout the year, you know, especially around Halloween through Christmas. We've got, you know, Halloween in our house is big. My, my youngest daughter is a huge sort of skeleton witch black cat. She, at first, we thought she was going to grow up to be, you know, to grow up to be a professional goth. She's sort of moved out of that a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, from the ages of like four to eight, she'd watch Nightmare Before Christmas every week. That was like her favorite movie. She could recite it. She loves the the music. And, you know, we thought, well, maybe we're being bad parents. She's watching that and Corpse Bride and all these other Tim Burton. Whatever. Danny Elfman's but, amazing. But she loved it. Exactly. She loved it. She got attached to the music and the characters and whatever. So... But it's become a big thing in our house. So we've got, you know, obviously pumpkins. And whenever we carve pumpkins, they're Disney pumpkins, right? They're characters, you know, we find, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, instructions. Templates. Templates, thank you. We find templates to cut out characters like Mater or, you know, Cars or Nemo, for example. I think I did last year on our pumpkins. And, you know, just hang up, you know, Chris, uh, uh, Disney-esque uh decorations around the house uh, and that's just halloween when you get into christmas and, and thanksgiving it's even bigger for us what do you do uh disney turkey <laughs> we, we don't do disney turkey but things i guess we don't really do anything specific to thanksgiving but thanksgiving is when we start bringing out our christmas stuff and 
You know, oh, yeah. For Christmas, you know, every year we've got, you know, a Disney wreath that goes on the door. It's a Mickey Mouse Disney wreath that a friend bought us like 10 years ago, and it, it just goes up every year. We've got a goofy statue that is, he's decked out in like Santa Claus outfit, and he's trying to put lights on a oh. Christmas tree. Goofy uh, Santa's my fave. It's awesome. You know, he's got his, his beard hanging down. Uh, right. Right. Exactly. And then we've his got his skinny beard. And then the big centerpiece of our table, something my wife and I bought before we even had kids and from like the Franklin Mint. And it's this giant Christmas tree with all these Disney ornaments and it turns and plays Christmas music. And, you know, it's that goes on our table. And yeah, it's just sort of Disney everywhere. You know, it, all of our ornaments are Disney. Uh, on the Christmas tree, uh, we've got a Mickey and Minnie star that goes on top of our Christmas tree. We've got, you know, the little carpet that goes around the bottom of the Christmas tree. It's Mickey and Minnie. It's just, it's nuts. So when people come over your house, you're, they're like, you guys like Disney, I guess. <laughs> and we ask them, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm confused. Why do you ask? Anyway, do you guys do anything special around the holidays? Well, we we certainly have a lot of of Disney-themed decor one of my favorite memories, we, we don't have this anymore, but one of my favorite memories was a, it was a ski lift and an actual slope that went around our Christmas tree growing up. That sucker always broke, but when it worked, it was the coolest thing ever. Our Christmas tree always smelled like WD-40 because we were oiling <laughs> that thing up all the time <laughs> to try to get the skiers to work. It had like, it had several characters that it would pull up a lift and it would uh, circle around the tree on a slope. I wonder if anybody else has this, or I'm, now I kind of want to look on eBay to see if it exists because I freaking loved that thing. I it, thought it was the coolest ever. It sounds amazing. And I loved it. And then of course I, I see a lot of this on social media and I would love to have one of the monorail sets yeah. that goes around the Christmas trees where you can actually collect the different resort hotels and have the monorail that goes like through the contemporary and past the grand flow and over past the poly. And then you have a nice little Cinderella castle. That would be incredible. But with the three-year-old, it would be, I mean, just forget it. I mean, she would tear that thing up in four seconds. So we might have to wait until she gets a little bit older <laughs> uh, for that. We, we definitely have some Disney decor around the house. A lot of it has to do with the films that we watch as a tradition. Sure. Uh, around the holidays I do have a lot of Disney ornaments I really enjoy those my best friend got me a whole set just like a couple years ago as a as a grown adult there's not, <laughs> nothing wrong with that I know I just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that it just makes me laugh I am a mother and I got Disney ornaments for Christmas <laughs> yeah you, you know you can always say you're a mom it's for the kids yeah, yeah it's for her yeah <laughs> sure we'll go with that uh, another thing that I enjoy doing, which both of us do, we, we listen to Disney podcasts, yeah. travel podcasts. Um, that always makes me excited, especially the ones that are discussing rumors or upcoming events or from people who are locals who are talking about things that are new or upcoming or things that they've, they've heard about that are going to happen within the next couple of years. Those get me really excited about planning that next trip. You have some podcasts you listen to, I guess. I do. Yeah. You're, you're spot on. You know, as a matter of fact, I actually stopped listening to podcasts several years ago for just burnout reasons. And I, you know, got back into it about a year and a half ago or so. And you're absolutely right. It definitely brings back those feelings of 
of excitement and being a part of a community and especially podcasts that are done by locals who visit a lot and are providing sort of up-to-date news and uh, it really sort of keeps you, it keeps me feeling like I'm in the loop and it's part of my life and um, like almost like I'm a local, like, you know, it's like, hey, I'm just sitting down listening to a friend chat and about his day and, oh, he went to Disney today and he's talking about this and he's talking about that and now I feel awesome. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it definitely, yeah. it, it's a great avenue to, uh, to experience and there's so many good podcasts out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of good content out there. There's people who are doing you know, daily news podcasts, weekly news podcasts. I'm a big fan of some of these podcasts that really go in depth with history and knowledge and uh, both the past and present things in the parks. Um, it's not just, you know, uh, superficial. They get like, they spend weeks just researching stuff and get deep and, and dirty into some of this stuff. And you know, some of these podcasts put out great things that are just funny and fun to listen to. And then, of course, you know, your friend, Mr. Lumangelo, OG Disney podcaster, he's still kicking (laughs) and putting out excellent content all the time. Great production value. And he gets to do really cool stuff now. He's been doing it long enough to where he deserves to get to do some really cool stuff with the Walt Disney Company. And I really like to follow along on his adventures. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. He's a good example. And, you know, it's a great community just in general. And I think that's why I like doing it with you as well. Number one. I like talking to you about this stuff. You're fun to talk to, and it keeps us involved, and it keeps it in our life when we're not at the parks, right? Um, and this is our drug. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a part of what we're talking about, you know, in this episode. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I'll kind of move on here. When I was a kid, uh, things were different. I didn't have YouTube. The internet didn't really exist. Well, it didn't exist. Um, and, you know, I didn't really have CDs or music or, you know, Disney, anything like that. Um, what I had to keep me interested between trips were, you know, honestly, the only thing I can really remember is, is two things. One, I used to, when I went to Disneyland with my folks, I used to buy every year they would release a yearly picture book of Disneyland and it would have pictures of all the attractions and lands and brief descriptions and they would update it every year. And I have a huge collection of those still, um, you know, they're white covers and purple covers and blue covers and, uh, they're wonderful books. And so I would read those constantly. And then I would stack up on coloring books when I found them. Disney coloring books and when I was younger that is so cool it is and I wouldn't color in the coloring books when I was a kid I thought maybe I'd want to be an artist so I would trace the pictures onto paper trying to teach myself how to draw and it never worked I'm I'm a horrible artist (laughs) but I would I would you did your best I did my best but then I would color those traced pictures and I would hang them up all over my wall in my bedroom and so I had pictures of the country bears and I can remember doing one of Splash Mountain when I was older when that came out I had I had pictures of you know Small World and uh, Space Mountain as a matter of fact it just came to me I can remember as a kid I also wanted to build models and I can remember building a model of Space Mountain out of popsicle sticks and paper mache yeah it's pretty you were hardcore I was hardcore well growing up in the Bay Area like industrial light and magic was like the big thing if you wanted you know if you wanted to be creative and so to me I was trying to find ways to, to get in there I tried oh let's be an artist well okay I stink at that well, let's do model making and I didn't have the patience for that um, and so uh, you know there's different ways I, I went into the engineering route and kind of found my way that way but but anyway that's what I did as a kid to try to keep myself interested and keep going and keep you know sort of Disney in my life as a kid was I would, you know, trace these pictures, color them, put them on my walls, try to make models, things like that. 
Oh, and I, I imagine your Disney book collection now is is pretty heavy. It is. It's 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 not you know it's not the biggest in the world, but it's it's very large. I've been collecting since I was a kid. I've got them. You know, most of my books are packed away in in airtight plastic containers in the garage, and uh, uh, and I keep you know I keep buying books today. You know, I I buy them, I read them, and I put them away, and then every once in a while I bring them back out and I read them again. I know. I love. Do you have the Imagineering coffee table book? I do. Yeah. Is that not incredible? It's. It is. Uh, that was a that was a holiday gift for me. Uh, I asked for it, and <laughs> I treasure that one. <laughs> I really love that book. It's got the the most beautiful images in it, and the coolest stories. And of course, I I love the unofficial guide. I know it's very similar every year, but I really enjoy getting a fresh new copy of those. It's like the planner's Bible. Sure, it is, right? If you're visiting the park. <laughs> it's like the farmer's almanac you get every year. You just need it. Um, I know. I'm a big fan. I'm absolutely with you on that one. Um, you know, the, the most recent book that I reread that I absolutely love is a book on the Sherman Brothers. Uh, it's sort of their biography. And love. Absolutely love that book. All right, here's a right turn for a, a super nerdy thing that I do. Oh, yeah. When I get, uh, when I get extra desperate... I start looking for webcams or Google Earth. <laughs> Interesting. I would have never thought of yeah. that. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a there's a webcam at the Hojo in Anaheim. Uh-huh. Um, with a good view of Disneyland. If you ever want to see what Disneyland looks like right at that moment, you can look at the Hojo's webcam. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, there's also a live webcam on the train station. In, uh, in Main Street, USA, in Walt Disney World, if you ever want to get a view of that. And then Google Earth has some awesome 3D maps that you can walk around the parks in, you know, via Google Earth. And it just, it's really fun for me. And I really enjoy it. <laughs> I, you know, I, wow. Okay, I learned something new tonight. I'm going to check those out. I, I had heard about the, the camera at the Hojo just because of being a Disneyland local, but I had, I had no idea they had a camera at Disney World on the train station, and I would never have thought to use Google Earth to walk around. Oh, it is so fun. When I, yeah, when I really get desperate, I start, yeah, I bust out the Google Earth. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, I'm going to do that tonight and see what it looks like. You can also find live streams of the in-room television stream. You know what I'm talking about? Where they just have different announcements and little snippets of information. You can you can find those online. And then of course I love watching Stacy J's Must Do Disney, which is on loop anytime we're staying at Walt Disney World. That's how I know I'm there. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm at a Disney resort, I turn the TV on and Stacy J comes on. And I love finding that and watching that on YouTube and listening to the music. And that, that gets me really pumped about an upcoming trip. That's great. Stacy J. Gotta love her. <laughs> All right, what do you got next? Um, I guess sort of the, one of the last things for me is it's probably the most obvious thing is just social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook groups. Uh, I belong to a lot of Facebook groups uh, that deal with Disney, whether it's vintage Disney, where people post a lot of vintage home movies that are, you know, like eight millimeter home movies, black and white, great stuff, or, or photographs that they took as kids in the 60s and 70s, um, all the way up to like 
uh, Disney collectibles, you know, p- people who are, you know, who have questions about what the heck is this? I found this at a, at a flea mart or I have this I'm trying to sell or, you know, I have this collection, you know, what do you guys think? You know, things like that. Um, and then social media, social media is big. I have so many in- people I follow on Instagram that go to all of the parks uh, across the world all the time and are taking videos and photos and posting them and you know you look at that throughout the day you're pretty much a local everywhere (laughs) it's what it feels like it really does especially some of these people who are they're not only visiting the parks but they're outstanding photographers like pros like things that should be you know, that Disney's going to want to buy from them because they're such good photos. Correct. Those are, um, especially on Instagram, which is just a, totally a visual medium. It is gorgeous to look through a lot of these photos that people are taking in the parks all across the world. It really is. And now with the invent of, you know, uh, Facebook video and Instagram video, you know, People are walking around with their phones and producing high-def live videos. You know, oh, a new parade came out. You don't have to wait till it's on YouTube. You can subscribe to one of a hundred different Instagram folks that are there, and you can watch it in real time. It's so true. Uh, one of the one of the people I really enjoy following their their vlogs in particular is the Disney Food Blog. They usually put out a YouTube vlog daily or maybe every other day. And, you know, of course, I'm all about food and rides. And that, that covers one of my number one passions, food. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I get prepped for my, my next vacation to plan out what treats I'm going to want to have. They're showing high-quality videos and photos of every food item that comes out at every time and, and tips and hacks. And I really enjoy following them. And I, I feel like a local when I, when I follow them. Yeah. I'm glad you brought them up, uh, especially now during the Halloween time, I follow that the Disney food blog, uh, dining Disney, and they post the best photos of food and do <sighs> the, the most, treats. Oh man. The most research of food and just everything. Everything is just so looks so delicious. <laughs> I get fat just looking at their Instagram photos. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, they're, those photos are some of my favorite. I just, especially around the holidays, you know, you start you start in Halloween time, you start to see all the Halloween treats, and then you move into Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, oh my gosh, it's just it's nuts. Although I do enjoy this, there's a little bit of me that I have to like step away from it because I get so hungry and also a little bit jelly. So, <laughs> oh yeah, very jealous all the time. <laughs> After that, I'm like, man, are they at Tokyo Disney Sea again? Dang, I've never even been once. And <laughs> I'm like, I gotta step away. I gotta step away for a minute. <laughs> I start wondering how much I can get for each kid. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I thou shalt not covet. I gotta stay away from this for a little bit. <laughs> Another thing that I really like to do at home is to research Disney parks recipes and or cocktails and make them at home. Do you, do you ever do this? I have not. I've looked at a few recipes, but I've never followed through to actually try to make them. Oh my goodness. Do it. Just find like three or four and, you know, figure out whichever one looks like maybe has the least amount of ingredients. I don't, I'm not about going in and trying to do something where I have to go find, you know, the rarest herb somewhere. Sure. <laughs> That's not for me. Sure. <laughs> I want to find something that I, I can 
prepare with a lot of what I already have. But um, like Le Cellier has, it's not on the menu anymore, but they had these incredible cream cheese mashed potatoes. And I love them. And I make them a lot because I love them there. They actually have a really good mushroom risotto as well, um, which that recipe is also really easy to find. So those are a couple of the dishes that I like to make at home. And it reminds me of the parks. And I feel like I'm, I'm getting a Disney meal in my house. That's great. That's, that's awesome. My wife keeps asking me to make her the jambalaya. Like the jambalaya, she gets it in New Orleans Square in Disneyland. It's her absolute favorite. And we found a recipe, and I, I just haven't done it. So maybe I'll do that this, this fall and uh, be good weather to make some jambalaya. But, uh, but I, yeah, I think you're right. I think some of the popular ones you see out there, like people making Dole Whips and, you know, people figured out the brand of uh, churros from Disneyland that you can go out and buy and find. And, um, you know, just all the various little treats here and there that, you know, you can make your own ticker tails if you want. And, and, and so, yeah. I got to tell you, the sweets... And pastries tend to be way too much trouble. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some of them, some of them are like, okay, I'll follow through with that. But a lot of them, like uh, trying to make like a Matterhorn macaroon, that's going to take like three days of your time. Oh, sure. <laughs> and it's not going to be as good. So you just like maybe hold off and get that in the parks. But a lot of the savory dishes are quite a bit easier to make. I, I tried to, I even looked up school bread at one point thinking uh, maybe I could go for it and there was just way too many steps and too many areas where I could screw it up so I just passed on that I was like you know what? I'm just gonna wait for like six or eight months and I'll just buy one for two dollars when I'm there <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure that's cool but I think jambalaya is a great idea of something to try yeah because you can make a huge pot of it you can feed the whole family figure oh, yeah be a good you know, weekend dinner or something. So anyway, yeah, I'll give that a shot and see what I can do. Do you have any others? Uh, I don't, you know, I, I really don't, you know, kind of going along with the podcast thing. I mean, the only other thing I can bring up that I don't think I mentioned for myself was I read a lot of blogs. There's a lot of good content out there, uh, both, uh, again, sort of daily type news stuff. Uh, and some people put a lot of time and research and, and write, uh, really in-depth stuff like the Disney history blog and, and a few of these others. Um, and so those are fun to read. Some of them are, are pretty meaty and, you know, could take, could take a while to dig into. And sometimes that's, that's a good thing. I do. I really enjoy reading any for information purposes, especially reviews of something that I maybe haven't experienced yet or something that's, that's brand new. Like I don't want to watch a video of it, but I would like a little bit more information because I don't want to spoil it. Sure. Reading those blogs are a good way to read like a, an, a high level overview of something so that you know whether that's something you want to want to do next time you're there or if you should skip it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, unfortunately with the invent of pictures and videos, I think, blogs have become less important in people's lives and I don't want people to stop writing. I think, you know, there's a lot of good writers out there and I just want them to keep it going because sometimes it's just easier to, to go to a website, you know, during lunch or something or on your phone while you're waiting for something and, and read it real quick as opposed to trying to watch a huge video. Exactly. And how are you supposed to ignore people in a meeting <laughs> if you're watching a video when you could be scrolling through a blog and reading that instead. Exactly. It's, you can be much more discreet when you're not paying attention in a meeting with a blog. So bloggers, keep blogging. I like, um, I like how you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
another thing that I do, um, I, as a travel agent, I get to plan other people's trips. And I was doing this way before I became a travel agent too. Um, just fit family members and friends. And I'm sure you get asked a lot of questions of other uh, co-workers and families and friends where you end up helping plan their trips. And to me, it is so much fun and really helps me fill that void. That helps me get to live vicariously through someone else's trip. I get so excited to make dining reservations for people and fast pass plus reservations for someone and to help them come up with ideas of when to visit parks on what days or to answer questions of them just because you know you're you're the Disney expert among your friends I'm sure you know what that feels like and that is that's always just been really fun for me yeah I'm in the same boat I get friends and family every year asking me hey what do you recommend where should we go? Where should we stay? What's good? What's not good? Uh, especially around hotels. Um, what's a good hotel to stay in? Uh, you know, and then, you know, generally what is good for this age group? Cause a lot of these people, uh, a lot of my friends and family have kids and they're taking them at certain ages and maybe they've never been, or they haven't been in many years or with their kids. And it's, you know, is this appropriate? Is that appropriate? How should we plan? Things like that. So yeah, absolutely. You get that all the time. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's so exciting just to help anybody out. I guess help them avoid some horrible mistakes as well. <laughs> like, I mean, way, way before I was an agent, the people would come to me after a trip and say something like, well, we were there during July the 4th and it was just hot and really crowded. And, and we just waited in line a lot. I was like, why didn't you talk to me before? Why did you go then? <laughs> like that, that was a horrible decision. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to know when to go and how to manage your expectations. And, um, yeah, being able to help people out to avoid some of those major mistakes is a big, uh, makes me happy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I agree. It's it's a lot of fun to help folks out. You know, as a matter of fact, we had a, re, you know, a recent listener, uh, Rocket Science Mom. You know, I talked to her about planning a trip to, to Alani, and that was a lot of fun. I forgot how much fun I had planning that trip, and I talked to, to, to friends of mine Um to get information on that. And so, you know, you kind of pay it forward as you learn this stuff and you know, you want, you want friends and family to have enjoyable trips. And so absolutely it's, it's a lot of fun to help people out. That's really great that you were able to help her and let her pick your brain about your trip to Aulani. I bet they're going to have an awesome time. I hope so. It's a great place. And then lastly, your own watching your own home videos and pictures of your recent trips or, long time ago trips. Those are so fun to just browse through. It is fun to, to look at those things. It, I've looked at photos from, you know, we had our, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking. Our honeymoon <laughs> at Disneyland. That word. <laughs> oh man. We, <laughs> I was thinking anniversary and everything but honeymoon. We had our honeymoon at Disneyland uh, back in 2000 and they were still building DCA. So, uh, you know, we, we actually pulled out those photos uh, not too long ago, maybe a year ago and showed those to the kids and they weren't digital photos. I mean, they're real, you know, 35 millimeter, I guess, five by seven photos. 
And uh, But that was a lot of fun to see a lot of the construction and they were able to see some things that don't exist anymore. Um, like the, the swing that existed in the, what was it, the orange and the Malaboomer and things like that. And uh, Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about exactly. that. Exactly. So that was a lot of fun to show them. And then it also showed them, you know, what mom and dad looked like before, uh, you know, the haggardness that exists because of them. <laughs> <laughs> before, before crow's feet. And, you know, when you used to be able to sleep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's always a lot of fun to go back over old pictures and, and old albums and old videos. Um, you know, my parents, as a matter of fact, recently had a bunch of eight millimeter films from when we were, when I was a kid with my, my siblings and we would go to Disneyland in the early eighties and they had them transferred to, to DVD and, you know, there's some great shots in there of the old Fantasyland and Disneyland before it was, it was updated and Tomorrowland and, um, you know, the rocket to the moon ride was still there and things like that. It was crazy oh, to watch. So cool. Really crazy to watch. I have photos in, I guess, middle school or high school when the 25th anniversary was happening at Walt Disney World and they covered Cinderella Castle in what looked like frosting to make it look like a big pink birthday cake. Uh, have you seen pictures of I that? I have. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's hideous, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever at that age. Sure. Well, that was that was fun. <laughs> that was a good time. I just want to go and watch Disney movies. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode of Mouse Geek Radio. You can connect with us by visiting mousegeekradio.com or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Mouse Geek Radio. Also, if you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to click that subscribe button to be notified when we post a new show. And if you'd leave us a review and rating on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to contact either of us personally, you can find Scott on Twitter at STBarrett, and you can find me on Twitter at Mallory O'Brien. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.